This is Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, the Channelnomics podcast that connects you with channel chiefs, thought leaders, and executives about what it takes to get the next generation of tech to market. Here's your host, Larry Walsh, the CEO and Chief Analyst of Channelnomics. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changing Channels. I'm Larry Walsh. I'm sure you're immersed in all the chatter about the latest hot technology, artificial intelligence, uh, in particularly regards to the tools that are helping us to create you know, written and visual content like ChatGPT. Um, I mean, this is really cool stuff. It's in its infancy, but this is where uh, new opportunities are born. This is where the, we already have people talking about about artificial intelligence and content uh, created by artificial intelligence, creating a new wave of innovations um, that we haven't seen that could create billions of dollars in new opportunities. There's two technologies, though, technology categories, I should say, that were buzzworthy, I still think they are, um, that aren't getting the attention that chat GPT is, uh, that's extended reality and uh, Internet of Things. Now, extended reality, or as many people think about it as virtual reality, is literally immersing us into digital environments. Yeah, sometimes it's wearing those funny goggles. Other times it's actually just putting digital pop-ups on our smartphone as we're scanning the landscape. But it is providing us with access to new forms of information and is revolutionizing the way businesses are performing things like medical procedures, uh, producing agricultural products, um, managing buildings. And that is also part of what we're seeing with IoT. Internet of Things has been around for about a decade since you know Cisco introduced us to this concept of the Internet of Everything, where they said there would be billions of devices connected to the Internet, autonomously operating on our behalf, and that has come true. There are tens of billions of IoT devices connected to the Internet, and that number grows every day. And these IoT systems are really you know, creating new uh, new processes and new ways of managing cities and buildings, uh, manufacturing processes, you name it. It's, you know, IoT is revolutionary in taking burdensome tasks off our, off our hands. Um, yet, extended reality and Internet of Things, despite them being around for a while, uh, are still rather nascent in the channel. A fraction of solution providers deal in these technologies. Uh, but those that do are finding huge success and they're generating a great amount of revenue and you know really satisfying customer needs by delivering delivering to them the products and services and support they need in order to implement and capitalize on these technologies capabilities. Um, and one of the ways they're doing that is they're working with companies like Ingram Micro. And Ingram Micro as a distributor is not just for, you know, helping them access these products, but also helping to enable them. Now, Channelnomics, we've been partners with Ingram for many years, and last year we partnered with them again to quantify the current state of extended reality and Internet of Things in the channel. And we have some great research uh, that's available to everyone, um, but we also found some really interesting, found out some really interesting things along the way. And joining us today to talk about those interesting things is uh, Eric Embry, the Director of Internet of Things at Ingram Micro. Um, and he is, again, a really great partner and passionate about these to this topic about extended reality and Internet of Things. So with that, Eric Embry, welcome to Changing Channels. How's it going, Larry? 
It's going great. It's great to have you back again to talk about, I, I think the last time we had you on, we were talking about emerging opportunities. This time we get to talk about uh, emerging opportunities. So, <laughs> but I think, I think it's slightly different though, because this is, I, I, I want to say, talking about extended reality and internet of things still feels somewhat sci-fi to me it's still like it's almost like like asimov would say is that it's it's almost magical some of the stuff that's happening in both xr and iot yeah yeah um i i think that uh, our partners would agree um I think that's part of some of the reluctance for them, right? They view it as too futuristic, not practical, blah, 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 right? Um, any excuse for them not to learn something new, right? So uh, I think for many of our partners also, um, they've had their hands full over the last couple of years and, and that's fine, right? They've posted some really respectable growth numbers. Um, I think the ones who did get their start in XR um, prior to that or even during, you know, I'm sure that they're glad that they did, right? But there's also a lot of complexities that come with that, where if you're trying to go it alone, there's a lot of options and a lot of players in that space, and they all claim to have the best stuff, right? So it's uh, really a challenge for them to choose which solution is best fit for their specific opportunity. And you talk about XR in general, then the question becomes, well, what solution should I be leading with? Is this a mixed reality solution? Is this an augmented reality solution? Is this a virtual reality solution, right? It's, it's all different, um, but we like to have that conversation with them to really understand what that desired business outcome is and um, go from there. But I do think that uh, for a lot of them, they, they do have that futuristic fear um, that sometimes it just becomes a challenge for them. And we like to, uh, as you put it, de-risk that opportunity for them. So I'm curious, I really want to explore this a little bit before we get into the meat of our discussion, because as we're going to talk about, this is a growing opportunity. Uh, and I mean, it's a real opportunity today. We'll get to those numbers. Um, but why is that, that fear you're describing or that hesitancy? This is stuff that's solving customers' problems. Augmented reality, extended reality, mixed reality, virtual reality. Um, these are bringing some real practical and value uh, value systems to the market. I mean, in some cases, they're truly transforming the way that the businesses are operating and making them more efficient, more effective. Um, so why, where is that hesitation coming from? I think it comes down to, um, like I said, over the past couple years now, they've been they've had their hands full with what I like to call the easy stuff, and that easy stuff being the stuff that they already know. Um, companies have been transforming during that time, but a lot of it has come down to engaging in hybrid work, right, and, and getting uh, companies set up for that. So that comes with uh, a lot of new opportunities, hyper growth opportunities, that low hanging fruit to increase infrastructure. Um, devices that, that get deployed out there, all of that stuff, right? So the security business has been booming, the devices, component business, all of that, right? So when we take a look at jumping into a brand new emerging market like IoT or XR uh, specifically, a lot of the times they just view the learning curve as too, too much of a, of a lift for right now, and they've got their hands full. Um, it's hard to keep people. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's even harder to, um, in their mind, start a brand new revenue stream for them. But we have partners who have been in the space or even did start in the space during the, the last couple of years. And they've been successful from it because the opportunities still exist out there and somebody has to service those customers. So let's go back. So let's play Mr. Peabody and Sherman and we'll get into the uh, into our Wayback Machine and go back to, all the way back to ancient history last September. So you and I did an event in uh, at Ingram's headquarters or around the corner from Ingram's headquarters in uh, Southern California, uh, an XR event in the channel. And there was a, I, I have to tell everybody who's listening in, uh, particularly the vendors that are trying to figure out where do they get their points of entry uh, into the XR channel. I was not only stunned by the number of people that were in the room, but the diversity of talent in the room. And the, and the thing that I think is really drawing them in um, is this number here, is that in 2020, the, I, the XR market was, oh, $25, $26 billion. By 2026, it's going to go up to almost $400 billion. I, I mean, this is some truly remarkable growth. Um, Eric, from your perspective, what do you see driving that growth and, and drawing in what, and I want to talk about that a bit as well, but drawing in some really interesting entrepreneurs? Yeah, uh, you know, you 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 mentioned that uh, that event that we had. I'm glad you did. Um, that was our our first event solely focused on XR, right? And you were gracious enough to partner with us on that, and, and we're very appreciative. And um, yeah, the event was a big hit for our vendors and our customers, right? We we brought together um, top partners in that space um, for a day and a half, and we we talked through that market opportunity that you were just mentioning, right? And to get hands-on with the solutions, um, you know, we're 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 not done with that event either, right? So we continue to work with those partners um, on building business plans and arming them with those right tools and resources, right, and, and, and information to really allow them to be successful in the space. Um, but to more specifically answer your question, um, I think a lot of it comes down to the innovation and making sure that. Um, from our customer standpoint, when they're having these conversations with their customers on, on problems that, that they may have or challenges that they're trying to solve, um, it's something that the ones who get it, the ones that understand it, um, are the ones who are really um, making, a, uh, making a big jump um, in that space. So when I think about certain opportunities um, with, with some of our accounts, um, I know that uh, one account in particular comes to mind, right? Crane Morley. So we just did a, um, a case study with them where they have a, uh, a company, a customer of theirs, uh, NYSERCH, right? Which is part of the Northeast Gas Association. And NYSERCH focuses on um, education, training, technology, and R&D. So what what Crane did is that they created a training program for new technicians where they, uh, what, what was normally an eight hour training course, they reduced it down to 45 minutes, right? Just simply incredible. So um, on our website, uh, on the Expandage website, you could, you could take a look at um, that case study and the video of them actually using it and how the guides are set up, how the training was set up. And it's really fascinating. So I think about that, use case in particular with NYSEARCH and, and Crane Morley. And then I think through 
Well, yeah, there's, there's, we, we have an aging out issue, right? We, we have a lot of workers who are aging out of the workforce. Um, a lot of younger people who need to come in training, uh, is, is huge is paramount. So how do you, how do you capture that tribal knowledge that is exiting, right. And, and digitize it into a format that lives on, um, reducing training time, reducing the amount of, um, person hours it takes to get to something that, uh, that, that we can all agree on it is a defined success, right? So, I think uh, as the adoption continues to spur and as we start to see more consumer grade devices out in the space, I always say that, you know, consumer grade, if they're expecting it in their own home and they're using it in their own home, they're going to want to have that same opportunity in, in, the, in, their, uh, in their professional lives, right? Using those same technologies because they see the value in it. So um, the growth is there. Uh, I think that uh, efficiencies, everybody wants to be more efficient as, as they look for cost cutting measures or, or reductions. Um, and XR is, is a very powerful tool to help partners in that space. Yeah. One of your partners that comes to mind uh, that was at the events, Case Western University. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and, and Eric, I hope, I hope I'm not talking out of school because we did collaborate a lot in building this event. Um, and I kept looking at the people who are registering and who's going to be in attendance. And I kept seeing this Case Western record. I'm like, going, okay, this has got to be a mistake. But here's a, a really interesting example. This is a teaching school, and they've got a great medical school, a great medical program, but they're also an ISV. They're building content for XR, and they're reselling on top of that. So now that not only are they are an ISV and they're creating their own applications, their own library of tools, but they're also then reselling product along the way. And I had a great conversation with the person from, uh, from that organization talking about how they do this. Is this part of something else you're seeing as well is that it's not you? We talked about partner reluctance about getting into something that is new and may, may seem a little bit out there still. But are we also seeing a change in the face of what it means to be a partner, someone who engages in this technology and delivers these solutions to the customer? 100%. Um, we are always finding, we'll call them oh, air quote, non-traditional resellers, right? Whether that be an ISV who is solving for a specific need, or even as you mentioned, right? A Case Western who is going out there and really leading the way. Uh, in the medical space, um, that presents a, a brand new, um, albeit challenging opportunity that really is um, changing that, that channel landscape with new entrants uh, into the space. And those new entrants are some of the ones who are being most successful because they don't have any preconceived notions, right? They're, they're, they're coming in there with an idea or an initiative or something that solves for something that currently exists out there and they have a few wins. Now they're looking to replicate it at scale, right? So when you take a look at a case Western or, or others who may be more on the consultative side, right? And, and don't want to touch any of the hardware, any of the software, any of the management, they just, they see a need, they go in, they maybe even do the training, um, but they're not selling the solutions that they're recommending. And that's fine. Um, but through Ingram Micro, they have that opportunity to get more of that more of that pie versus just a little sliver that they're doing right now. Right. So we can augment the gaps that they currently have that's preventing them from being a service provider. 
and take that on uh, on behalf of them. So yes, it, it definitely has opened up uh, new entrants into the space. Um, and it is something that the channel is expanding uh, with your non-typical uh, partners that are out there. And that's where the direction of, of the technology is heading. And you know we're, we're here for it and we're supporting them uh, any way that we need to. Yeah. So in our research, and, and we did a, uh, a fair amount of research with Ingram Micro on XR opportunities, uh, and we found the same thing as Eric's describing, is there is a minority and a clear minority of solution providers today that are engaging in XR technologies and opportunities. But those that we surveyed, there's strong interest. You know, so there's a, a, a really strong interest, about a third of them that aren't that aren't engaged, are actively exploring it. And I think part of the reason why there is at least this growing interest has to be by these numbers here, is that the average solution provider that sells XR and supports XR solutions um, is earning between 16 and 20% of their revenue from, from this technology. And there is a substantial portion. I mean, that's the average, that's down the middle, but there's a substantial portion uh, tracking closer to 30% that are, that are drawing or they're earning as much as 30% of the revenue from, uh, from this technology. So, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's real money, there's real opportunity to be made here. Do you think that that ultimately is going to be the, the catalyst that's going to drive, that's going to bring more solution providers in? Or do you think the market demand for it is just going to, is just going to make it so that they can't resist uh, getting involved at some level? Is it going to be both? I think it's going to depend on the, um, the partner and their motivating factor to ultimately make the decision to get in or not get in. Um, and, and, and that's going to be telling, right? I don't think that we have the data yet to, see how that's going to shake out but at the end of the day the need exists will continue to exist um, the analysts don't lie right the, that business will be transacting just depends on who that transaction is going to take place with right um, so i think that uh, again you know some of the things that uh, going back to that event and the discussions that we were having um, prior to that event there was a lot of reluctance from partners even wanting to attend the event, sitting across or next to uh, what they deemed as their competitors. That was a huge um, uh, obstacle that we had to get through and we had to um, sort of uh, defuse the situation by removing that threat from the conversation, right? They, it, we're, not, we're not trying to um, increase competition here, we're trying to increase collaboration. Right. And when we got those folks in the room, um, they started talking about their areas of specialty and others were saying like, oh, well, I do this. And through that conversation, right, it was, it was something that was pretty remarkable to witness firsthand and also at a distance where a lot of these partners were realizing, oh, this person over here is doing something that we have a gap in and we've turned away business because of it. Right. So that collaboration, those handshakes started to happen even on the first few hours of the event kicking off, right? When we were doing our solution showcase the night before the, the full day of content. And um, we talked about that that night, we talked about it the next day. And um, that community, the XR community within Ingram Micro pretty much formed overnight, right? So um, 
handshakes were being had, deals were being done um, at that event. And like I said, it was uh, just starting out. So I think that also plays into it a little bit where some people are, are keeping things a little bit uh, too close to the vest and they're missing out on opportunities because of uh, you know, not having that openness to want to partner in, in certain areas. Well, let's use this as an opportunity to pivot on opportunities is because the other one that we you and I have been talking about and collaborating on is Internet of Things. And as I said in the opening, we've been talking about Internet of Things since, you know, uh, this little known company called Cisco popularized the expression about a decade ago. Uh, and it really has. I mean, even though the Internet of Things is not just an emerging trend, I mean, there's billions of devices now that we qualify as Internet of Things now connected to the Internet and is continuing to grow exponentially. Um, it's still rather nascent in the channel, uh, much like XR. XR is still, you know, if you look at this growth opportunity, uh, the growth opportunities, you know, IoT is growing at almost 20% year over year and will continue to do so through the end of the decade. But still, it's much the same issue is that it's hard to get the partners engaged in IoT solutions. Why is that? Um, I think I think it's similarly viewed um, kind of like how XR is, right? And, and some people, um, they view it as a bit taboo, right? Um, partners have a different different definition of what IoT is for them. Um, and a lot of the times what I found is that if a reseller or solution provider isn't an expert on something, they just avoid the topic of conversation with their customers for fear of being put in the situation that they may not have all the answers to, right? Um, and like I mentioned on the, on the XR side is that business has been good, right? Um, they try to stay in with uh, the close to home, right? The easy stuff, um, the, the stuff that they already know that they're growing double digit year over year with already and that's you know good for them that's good for their investors so why change the 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 formula right so um but i think that it is still uh, a huge missed opportunity i know that's a huge missed opportunity for a lot of our partners um and our team being the size that it is we're impacting um sweeping changes with the customers that we can uh, reach and the ones that uh, that we can't or, or don't approach us, they're they're the ones that are trying to figure it out or, or struggle a bit. Um, and you know, we're we're here with um, our go-to-market strategy and our areas of focus that uh, align with where the dollars are going to be spent in the uh, the next three to five years. So let's let's talk about that missed opportunity and take a look at some numbers. So the you know when we're talking specifically and again. The number of solution providers doing IoT solutions is a minority. Um, it's somewhere less than somewhere between 10 and 15% of the total population touch IoT in some meaningful way. Um, but let's look at these numbers. Uh, the average IoT solution provider, uh, and I mean by IoT solution provider, I mean somebody who is actually actively engaged in IoT solutions, um, generates about um, 21 to 25% of their revenue on IoT product sales uh, and the services that are attached to it. 94% uh, of IoT solution providers say that IoT is an important part of their future success, that this is part of what's going to drive their forward trajectory, uh, their growth and their evolution. 
And then 43%, and this is a really strong number, 43% of these IoT solution buyers say that their IoT revenue will grow greater than 16% or more in the next 12 months. And that's tracking with the overall growth rate of the market because the market, as I said previously, is growing at about 16 to 19% year over year. I mean, what do you make of those numbers, Eric? How do you how do you present those numbers to solution providers, and does it resonate with them when they when you show them that opportunity? Yeah, I think when when we talk through what those actual numbers mean uh, to them and the customers that they service, that's when it starts to resonate, right? So if we take a look at what's happening in the economic market, right, many seg segments have been or will be hit hard by it, um, and when we take a look at those types of numbers, those types of results, um, it, it's almost counterintuitive because of the macroeconomics that are taking place. So dig into what's going on, right? Companies are looking for ways to get leaner, right? More agile and IoT solutions are a direct fit for a lot of those needs that are out there. So things like hybrid work, smart office, um, these are allowing companies to reduce either their real estate footprint um, which saves a significant amount of OPEX for them. Um, other drivers out in the space are ESG initiatives, right? So many companies are hiring teams dedicated to ESG and they're coming up with ways to better audit and report on their carbon footprint and for, figuring out ways to become more compliant with their goals. Um, investors and even more of the general public, they're st starting to care more deeply about how their company functions and they're developing a, a greater scrutiny for corporate sustainability efforts. So when we take a look at those types of things, we continue to see new regulations that are being passed and these present new reporting and auditing challenges for those companies. So um, by creating these, these digital twins, if you will, of, of their environments, companies have this greater control over the data and the, the waste or the e-waste that they generate uh, because now they have the insights which they can take and they're taking those decisions and driving impactful change. Um, just this morning, I was on with uh, uh, the, the group who heads up our ESG initiatives here at Ingram Micro. And um, it was fascinating to, to see and, and hear about the things that we're doing internally and how IOT is helping us uh, ourselves become more compliant um, and, and have a, a broader reaching uh, data insight that, that can be generated. So, that growth is really coming from, again, corporate initiatives, like I mentioned, ESG, um, uh, new legislation that's being passed, and really just companies who need to become more efficient in various ways. Um, and again, IoT is a, uh, a direct uh, fit for those, uh, for those needs. One of the things we mentioned when we were talking about XR solutions is de-risking. It's something that I talk about that vendors and distributors need to do for the partners in order to get them interested in new opportunities, particularly those that are emerging and somewhat unknown to them. Um, in XR, one of the things that we found is that the required skills are, are pretty different than what we see from, from traditional reselling or solution providing, is that it, you actually need to know coding. You need to be able to do some custom development. You need to be able to bake security in the solutions. Uh, and you need to rethink how services are delivered. And in IoT, you have similar issues. There's new architectures, there's new types of connectivity you need to take into consideration. 
um, power becomes a consideration where it's often isn't outside the data center. Uh, what is Ingram doing for the partners, uh, particularly on behalf of your vendors, for the partners to help de-risk their skill building and their business development to make this a viable opportunity? Well, it starts with getting a, a baseline of their current uh, capabilities and the market segment. Um, I like to start by de-risking IoT as it just uh, being another IP address that's that's out in the space. And when you take a look at it from the bare bones infrastructure of what it is, an IP address for another sensor that's out there, thinking through things like policy, security policy, uh, network posture, all of that, that becomes a clearer picture and um, light bulb moment happens specifically with MSPs, right? Um, it's, it's no longer this foreign object that they need to figure out what it does or, or how they can sell it. It becomes, oh, okay, I know how to manage an IP address. I know how to employ our um, existing security policies that are in place. I know how to add it to the network, right? But there are things when you take a look at the different connectivity protocols that are out there, that shouldn't stop people from um, at least having the conversations internally and exploring it because a lot of those things just tie into an existing backhaul network anyway, right? So you're simply using that new connectivity protocol that's not Wi-Fi, that's not Bluetooth, to connect to a hub that ingests that information and then passes it through the existing network anyway, right? Or if you want to sub uh, sub network that out into a different um, uh, access point, then you could do that as well, right? Um, but a lot of it comes down to having some basic level conversations in terms of the principles not needing to change based on the devices that are being added to a network. Ultimately, you're a conduit to the channel and to the market on behalf of your vendors. And there's a number of emerging vendors, pretty innovative startups, as well as a lot of existing uh, legacy vendors that are dealing in IoT. What, what is Ingram's role and what is Ingram doing on behalf of the vendors to help them penetrate this market? Because they often come around to us here at Channelomics talking about, it's hard to get the partners interested um, it's hard to find the ones that they can engage with effectively and in a meaningful way. So how, what's Ingram doing to de-risk it or to accelerate that market penetration for the IoT vendors? A lot of it comes down to, um, you know, I think, I think many partners are, are talking about um, what's out there and they're simply taking what's coming to them in terms of opportunities that are being presented by their customers. So, I think there's also something to be said about solution alignment and the use cases and how many times when we take a look at a low penetration across many verticals or, or uh, let me restate and say a low specialization across many verticals, which we saw in, in the reports that we've done uh, over the past couple of months. I think a lot of that comes down to the ease of the technology itself and how it can move across verticals um, with, with very little effort, right? So a temperature monitoring solution for restaurants in a retail environment can easily go into a healthcare uh, system. The same can be said for, for asset tracking, right? Anything that is a critical asset, 
That could be in healthcare, that could be in manufacturing, retail, logistics, anything. The solution doesn't change much outside of a few environmental things that need to be considered. But when we start to talk about with our partners, that ROI discussion, um, that remains the same, right? And it's, it's, it comes down to a simple question of, in the asset tracking uh, example, right? How much money does it cost you to look for X, right? And you can very easily uh, go through that with them. And that's where Ingram Micro comes in with leading those discussions or coming along and, and, and having that buddy system with those, with those customers out there who want to have the discussion, but not really sure how to start it, right? So what many of our partners are doing is that they're seeing success with solution A, and then they're replicating across the verticals with other customers that they have. So um, for us uh, at Ingram Micro, it's really understanding their existing business model today. Because what I always like to tell people is that IoT should not be viewed as this, this separate siloed business unit or initiative that you've got to start from the ground up. Let's take a look at how IoT or even XR can enhance and elevate what you're currently doing today. And when we have that discussion, and start small and, and start to look at areas that we can plug new ideas and initiatives in, the lift becomes very, very nominal in the sense that for an MSP, for instance, right, you're already monitoring and managing the entire IT infrastructure. Well, you're deploying virtual nodes out on the network, virtual sensors out on the network. With IoT, you're deploying physical sensors in a physical space, right? So it's changing the narrative for them and uh, lowering barriers to entry. And as you put it, de-risking that opportunity for them because they start to understand it in the business model that they're currently doing today. And um, it's, it's really resonated for a lot of our partners out there. Well, Eric, this is, uh, I mean, this is one of the things Ingram does very well is open market opportunities on both sides of the ball, the vendors and the, for the partners. Uh, and this is one of the things that Channelomics does, and, one, and we are really happy to uh, partner with Ingram yet again on another project like this. Uh, last fall, we did produce a couple of research reports. Um, the first one here is the extending opportunities and extended realities. And I mean, this quantifies all the opportunities and the state of the XR channel today and looking forward. Uh, and we also have this report, the state of, IO, of the IoT channel, which also does the same thing, quantifies what's happening in IoT in the channel today and gives some forward-looking uh, forward looks on uh, what's going to happen in IoT in the channel and how it could develop out. I mean, so I encourage everybody, please, uh, check out these reports. They're available at the uh, Ingram Micro website, uh, and you can also find copies of them on Channelnomics.com uh, channel in our resource library. So, Eric, before we close out, I, I just want to ask you this because, and we often do, we've had this conversation many times, you know, we know what's happening today, but today is already over. We're going to come back again next year and have this conversation. What's your answer going to be? What does extended reality and Internet of Things and channel look like a year from now? If I had that crystal ball uh, to know exactly, I probably won't be talking to you in a year uh, because I'll, I'll, be, I'll be rich and, uh, and I'll, I'll retire young. Um, but I, I think what we'll see um, is that the numbers don't lie, right? The predictions that we're seeing today. Um, in early 23, right, they're, they're going to hold true. And the reason for that is because a lot of these technologies 
where these dollars are being spent in this space is because our solutions, our, our, our technologies, in some ways they're recession proof, right? And, and I know that that could be um, very uh, bold statement, right? But like I said before, our solutions are helping companies realize savings and efficiencies that they need to see today, right? Um, and they weren't necessarily present before. So I guess in the end, we'll see. Um, but I'm really excited about what's to come. And uh, in the year that's ahead of us, we've, we've got a really great plan um, to help the channel, enable them, uh, enhance what they're doing. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of dollars that are, that are being spent in, in these areas. And we're poised to, to help our partners uh, maximize uh, the opportunity that's ahead of them and, and help them any way that we need to. Fantastic. Eric, thanks for joining us again here on Changing Channels. It's great to have you here. Always love it. Thanks, Larry. Everyone, that's about all the time we have for this episode of Changing Channels. I'm glad you tuned in yet again. Uh, I want to thank our guest, Eric Hembry, the Director of Internet of Things at Ingram Micro, and Ingram, one of our one of our favorite partners in uh, go-to-market and channel research. Uh, thanks again for being here. Technology is changing the world, literally, and this is the entire reason why we're even having this conversation about extended reality and Internet of Things. Technology is reshaping everything around us and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. And we're going to continue tracking these trends and talking with great people like Eric uh, about these trends here on Changing Channels. Uh, if you like what we're doing, keep coming back, hit subscribe smash like, tell your friends, and also check out uh, our other podcasts, uh, In the Margins and The Network Effect. And I mean, you get a lot of thought leadership from us. And also be sure to download our two reports uh, we did with Inger Micro on extended reality and IoT. You'll find links for those reports down below. Until next time, I'm Larry Walsh. Thank you for joining Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, a production of Channelnomics. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit the like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and share with your friends. For more information about Channelnomics services and insights, follow us on Twitter and YouTube, and check out our website at channelnomics.com. Channelnomics is a registered trademark of and changing channels is copyright by 2112 Enterprises, LLC.